Coming up on podcast 1546, Ford promises to make 14,000 EVs this month alone. We look at their future plans. Stick around. I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, we are talking about the all-electric Rolls-Royce getting closer, Ferrari getting closer to making their first electric vehicle, and we take a look at the final design, the little solar car, the Sono Scion. Those stories and a lot more packed in to today's EV News Daily. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's your trusted source of EV information for Friday 29th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and it's my job to go through every EV article I can find and whittle it down to 20 minutes to save you time. That's what I'm here for every single day. Now, we're going to start with a bit of wash-up from yesterday, because I was reporting on what was relatively breaking news, which was the new EV tax credits in the US. It happened over time, overnight in my time, so I was able to wake up and digest it a little bit, but then straight into the record. And a couple of things that have come out since... And some listener questions that have come to me. Now, one of the most popular questions I've had from my listeners is, is the tax credit refundable? And what if my tax liability is not $7,500? And if I want to buy, say, a Hyundai or a Kia or, you know, Toyota, for instance, is it going to apply from the 1st of January 2023? So let's dig into all of those questions and try and answer them. The first one I saw from Brian Willis. He's the communications director of the Zero Emissions Transport Association. He tweeted, EV tax credit refund ability. On page 381 and 382, it appears the person who buys the car transfers the credit to the dealer who receives an advanced payment, which is treated as refundable in tax terms. Uh, He says, why they did that, I have no idea. Elisa Peterson replied, essentially makes it a point of sale rebate, but gets around fraud concerns because you just need to work with dealerships to track sales rather than individuals. It's actually an elegant solution, she says. Well, Lauren McDonald over at EV Adoption tweeted, I searched the doc and did not find a reference to the tax credit being refundable, which is dumb. That was one of the most important previously proposed changes to make it more relevant. What do we mean by the tax credit being refundable? If we look at a January article from CNET, they explain it really well. They said, what the latest language does is turn the credit into a refundable credit. The government will cut the credit back to an EV buyer no matter what. Say you purchase an EV and don't owe any federal tax. Now, these changes mean that you would get $7,500 back. And of course, on a sliding scale, depending on how much tax you owe. So you buy an EV, say you don't have $7,500 federal tax liability for next year, you would get a check in the post from the government. Ditto for any tax owed. They say if you owe £1,000, you get $6,500 back on taxes. A massive shift, they say. So what's really happening now? Electrek really helpfully uh, contacted... Uh, a lawyer who understands the legalese at which in this uh, the bill is written, and they've broken it down for us. So, with the help of Electric, we can go through this point by, by point and hopefully uh, nail it and answer a lot of the questions that I've been getting over the last 24 hours. So, point one, uh, the credit applies for vehicles purchased from the beginning of next year. That's simple, we understand that. The transition provision... So if this bill is signed into law, and we think it will be, by the way, because it has all the votes to go through now, and it could be as early as next week they debate it, which amazes me the legislative process can happen that quickly. Let's hope it does. So if you have an order for a car, so if you buy a car dated this year, but before Biden signs the bill and puts it into law, 
but it is then delivered in 2023, you get the old credit. Why is the old credit important? Because it implies to it applies to vehicles who uh, which aren't made in the US, and if you have a higher earnings. The vehicle must be assembled in North America America to qualify for the new credit is a real key one that's going to affect many car makers who make their cars outside of the the North American region. North American assembly requirement applies to vehicles sold after the date of the adoption bill. 7,500 credit is broken into two binary pieces, meaning the vehicle qualifies or it doesn't. It's not like a halfway house. So it needs to hit both. The first half of it, if you like, is the vehicle has at least 40% of the battery minerals from the United States or countries with a free trade agreement with the US. Uh, This is a list of countries with free trade agreements. uh, and They put a link. The other half of it is that the credit can't be applied unless uh, it's based on 50% of the battery components of the vehicle coming from the US or countries with a free trade agreement. So this is way more complicated than... It probably should be, but it really favours cars made in the US. All the the union-made stuff is gone, by the way, which you can't really complain about because this is a US tax credit. Uh, The 40% minerals requirement increases from now till the end of the decade. The battery components requirement increases from now till the end of the decade. Uh, The government has until the end of the year to develop guidance on the battery stuff. Uh, Beginning in 2025, any vehicle with battery minerals or components from a foreign entity of concern are excluded. So you've got two years of a, being able to use components or minerals in your battery from a foreign entity of concern, they might as well just w- write the word China in there. Okay, so if you have a Chinese battery, from what I understand, again, correct me if I'm wrong, if you have a Chinese battery like the LFP cells, which are used in the base standard range Model 3 coming out of Fremont, I gather they're made by CATL in China, it would be okay for the tax credit for the first two years. So if you're buying a Tesla Model 3 standard range, LFP cells, they're Chinese. But but maybe it wouldn't because from 2023, the minimum percentage. Yes, no, it wouldn't. So my goodness me, as we talk this through. Again, it's probably more complicated than it needs to be, but that car would be excluded then because there is a minimum percentage rather than any percentage. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A modified gross income of 150k for individuals, 300k for joint returns. Yep, we understood that yesterday. Uh, the MSRP of the vehicle must be less than 80k uh, for SUVs, vans and trucks and 55k for anything else. So then the, the Model Y for me sits in a weird place because I don't know who classifies that vehicle. Is it the... Uh, Department of Transport, NHTSA. What is that in America that classifies your vehicles as a segment? So if the Model Y isn't big enough to be called an SUV, it's out uh, because it'll be on the 55k limit. If it is an SUV, then it's in. Uh, The dealer applies the credit at the time of sale. Dealer must disclose to the buyer the MSRP of the vehicle, the applicable tax credit amount, and the amount of other available incentive applicable to the purchase. So the word dealer, is this specifically going to be administered by car dealers? Because it says in in the bill is the word dealer. And of course, the Dealers Association of the US is enormously powerful. Tesla are not dealers. Rivian, they sell directly. They're not dealers. And what I can't find an answer to this question is, if you are not a dealer, aka Tesla, Lucid, Rivian... They haven't got dealerships. 
are you completely excluded from any of these tax credits? Because a lot, obviously, a lot of Tesla fans uh, cock a hoop today because, like, Model Threes come back into the tax credit. But this is a, a question I will look at over the weekend. Actually, this could exclude all Tesla, all Rivian, all Lucid, anyone who sells direct because they're not dealers. Hey, let's move on. We spent uh, like a good eight minutes trying to dig into this one, and I hope you don't mind me trying to answer those questions that I got asked over the next last 48 hours. Ford are next in the news, reporting yesterday their revenue, $40.2 billion in revenue, 50% increase on the same period last year, income of $3.7 billion. Why do I like that? This isn't a financial podcast. We want robust financials for any company going EV. And Ford are doing it better than most. Ford's CEO, Jim Farley, said on the earnings call on Wednesday he expects the company to produce 14,000 EVs globally. That's a great number. 14,000 EVs. They've got the Ford F-150 Lightning, Mach-E, Transit, uh, then 600,000 next year and 2 million by 2026, which will include obviously new models. It'll include the European compact car based on the VW platform and more, which is great. Farley said that Ford has been quick to tap into the available supply for OEMs and is diversifying their battery chemistry. Uh, Last week, a big battery announcement, um, and Ford seems to be empowering dealers to make more sales of EVs by eating some of the distribution costs, they say, according to TechCrunch. Full link to that article in the show notes. Ford also unveiling America's first electric pickup truck, the Lightning Pro SSV. This car looks, this truck looks so, so cool. I love this. Uh, It's a proper... You know, it's got the bars on the front. It's got the lights on top. Heavy grade, they say, in uh, steel intrusion plates and uh, the LED warning beacons on top. Ford say we are proud to offer America's first electric police pickup truck to local and government customers who can use the truck's game-changing technology. Uh, They say that if the Ford Pro Power on board, you know, you can plug things into it. You could light up an evening accident scene on the highway to reduce costs associated with fuel and maintenance as well. And the Mega Power Frunk provides not only useful storage, but secure lockable storage for all of those police additions that they need to carry around. Now, the all-electric Rolls-Royce Spectre is getting closer. Maybe not a car that you and I would be buying, but certainly interesting that EVs, we know that EVs are here when those little niche segments are going electric. And a couple of stories on that now. First of all, luxury, Rolls-Royce. Over the past few months, they've been testing near the Arctic Circle, Arjeplog in Sweden, and now they're going somewhere a little bit sunnier, and that would be the French Riviera. Why? Well, that's because a lot of French uh, Riviera Rolls-Royce drivers, they say, are poodling around on those roads. They 0.5 million kilometer testing goal with 625,000 kilometers testing on the uh, French Côte d'Azur on there's a uh, the Autodrome de Miramar proving ground the old Grand Prix circuit where they'll be testing and also just on regular old French Riviera roads because that's, they say, where the cars are going to be driven. So they want to get the performance and handling uh, tuned for that. Look, this thing is going to... Like, we know that electric vehicles are brutally fast, and so all, all Rolls-Royces are brutally fast, but also it's going to... That instant torque is going to make a Rolls-Royce quiet. But they're already quiet, but they spend so much time on the suspension and the handling and the stuffing it full of soundproofing. They would have to do that as much with electric power to keep the noise of the engine out. Really interesting that these kind of cars, Rolls Royces and Bentleys and, uh, you know, more luxury cars can use this transition to electric for their benefit because electric power naturally suits. Now, 
another, you go from luxury to performance. And the CEO of Ferrari saying this week uh, that they have no fears over going electric. They have a deep understanding of vehicle dynamics, they told CNBC. Ferrari plans to launch a fully electric car in 2025, but they'll still make combustion stuff in the future as well. On its plans for EVs, Ferrari says its battery cells will be made in Maranello in Italy, and the handcrafted battery models integrated into the chassis of cars focused on weight reduction. That's what it'll all be about, says CNBC. Right, Coming up on the podcast very soon, we'll have a look at the latest estimates for Giga Berlin. Uh, That's my closest Tesla Gigafactory. I'd love a car built there, but how many can they make every week? We'll find out. And hopefully a solution to make your EV wall charger cheaper to install in the future. Stick around those stories. They're on the way. Now, let's talk about that little solar car, the Sono Scion. I love stuff like this because it really did begin as a garage project. It reminds me of the garage Easters in motor racing where you could really, you know, turn up with an idea and some engineering and make a success of it. Very, very hard in the automotive world these days. But I wish them all the best. I hope they bring it to market. It'll be a car that... You, you know, you love or hate the look of this thing. The Sono Scion had new enhancements compared to the concepts which you may have seen over the years. Fewer lines, cleaner surfaces, clearer surfaces, they say. Uh, a new headlight design, new sideline design, new handles, new rear, new cameras, new 3D lines, uh, more spacious cleaner inside they say uh, with redesigned seats and rear bench new steering wheel new colors new trim and they're ready to put this into production the outer shell of the scion has 456 solar half cells enabling what they say is self-sufficiency on short journeys Uh, The cells extend the range to uh, 305 kilometers, they say, on the 54-kilowatt-hour LFP battery. Uh, You can add 112 kilometers per week in... uh, Maybe they're looking like German conditions there, you know, not the, the sunniest around here in the Northern Hemisphere, but still, hey, I mean, here, our our rooftop PV is massively generating right now in July. We're sending so much back to the grid. And the battery, which is the other side of that wall in my garage, uh, I have the Solar Edge 10 kilowatt hour battery. That's pretty much full all the time at the minute. Um, and so, and we're still exporting loads. I could do with a second battery. Uh, but if you want, anyone wants to pay for that, be very nice, please. Um, but yeah, that is uh, an interesting concept in terms of solar cars. People, you know, when they're new to EVs, why aren't there solar panels on cars? They really don't generate that much. But this car is covered in them. But also the look of it is, well, not the looks that only a mother could love, but won't be for everybody. Now, Tesla Giga Berlin. I'd love a car from that factory. It'd be fantastic to have a Model Y built in Germany, right-hand drive. I won't hold my breath. It'll be a long time yet. But amidst reports that Giga Shanghai is going to 3,000 vehicles a day, it's about 2,000 Model Ys and 1,000 to 1,200 Model 3s a day out of China. Berlin is behind, obviously, and they could be going to 3,000 vehicles a week. This is just a report. Uh, What we do know, Elon Musk mentioned 1,000 Model Ys in a week. It's not every week, but they did it in one week a little while ago. And then on the earnings call, uh, Drew Baglino mentioned that they could hit 5,000 vehicles a week by the end of the year. And we think we're somewhere between that now. So this is just a report. It's not a Tesla statement or fact. It comes from the website teslamag.de, re-reported by Tesla Rati. Uh, the Giga Berlin employees have been working in two shifts. Uh, the goal of producing 1,500 Model Ys a week. That will be ramped. They're looking at October to do 3,000 per week, which is a really, really decent run rate, by the way. Nothing to be, it's not as big as China, but nothing to be sniffed at. 
Next in the news, Siemens have a new home charging solution and they've teamed up with Connect DER and they've got this solution which means you shouldn't have to upgrade do as much electrical upgrade work motor one says could be a game changer for the ev industry it's wired into your home electric meter and it reduces the cost of home charging installation connect der have meter collars that get installed between your home's electric meter and the socket essentially creating a plug-and-play setup that adds more capacity uh, for your home charger for your ev Working with Siemens, they'll provide a plug-in EV charger for the system. Now, Lightyear is another car that, again, I really hope they can bring this to market and develop and be a sustainable company, make some money and be around for the long term because I love what they're doing. And they're now partnering with the supercar, hypercar, mega car manufacturer, if you want, Koenigsegg. They've invested in Lightyear. They saw something in Lightyear they liked. They put their money where their mouth is into the Netherlands-based high-tech company. I got to meet uh, one of the chaps, I think he was the CTO, I think, of Lightyear, uh, a little while ago at the Move event uh, that I was was hosting, um, which was probably a month ago now, maybe. And what they're doing there in terms of efficiency is, you know, analysing not only the weight of every nut, bolt, connector, circuit, battery, etc., but also just the look of the car and starting with every part of that design. It's really impressive what they're doing, and it's part of a technology-sharing partnership between Lightyear and Koenigsegg, uh, which will share information and, of course, an investment. Lightyear, known for the Lightyear Zero, uh, which is the world's first, they say, solar car, launched back in June of this year, entering production in the autumn has solar arrays on it. It's also super slippery. Park it in the sun. You can charge up 70 kilometers of range a day, they say. Uh, and I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes. Now, in Spain, for my Spanish listeners and viewers, Iberdrola and BP collaborating to add uh, some fast chargers there. They intend to collaborate to expand EV public charging infrastructure to support electric vehicles in Spain and Portugal. A joint venture between Ib- uh, Iberdrola and BP will invest a billion euros in 11,000 rapid and ultra rapid public charging points across Spain and Portugal uh, to install 5,000 by 2025 and then 11,000 by the end of the decade. Always got to look at the numbers and the dates they put next to them because the headline, you know, you've got to dig a bit deeper and say, hey, that's good. But when are you doing it by decent, decent targets, though? And big investment. Uh, Good news for EV drivers. Hundreds of charging stations coming to California. Uh, Says this article, Charge Point, working with Charge Across Town and the state of California to deploy hundreds of EV charges at multifamily properties and apartment buildings and condos. They've been awarded $4.25 million through the California Energy Commission's Reliable, Equitable and Accessible Charging for Multifamily Housing Programme. (laughs) <laughs> that was a mouthful. Under the program, uh, ChargePoint will partner uh, to install the uh, CPF50s and CT4000s, the charge points, uh, and 75% going to low-income communities as well, which is really, really important. The timesofsandiego.com website says, and I quote, ChargePoint will also work with the non-profit organization Charge Across Town to educate building owners and residents about the benefits of electric vehicles and how smart EV charging infrastructure makes charging at home easy and efficient. And that's a very, very good thing because we do need to get EVs into all communities, not just those that can afford the expensive ticket price and charging as well. Okay, question of the week. Takes a break. It'll return in a wee while. 
thanks to everyone who supports on Patreon. Individuals, businesses, organisations. Thank you so much, our premium partners. Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from the EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. Check it out. Richard, also with a great YouTube channel, uh, but also buying and selling EVs in the UK at rsev.co.uk. Hi to Octopus Electric Juice. They make public charging simple with one card, one map, and one app. And book your weekend breaks away. Maybe treat yourself to a longer holiday at milbrookcottages.co.uk. Big into EVs down there. You can charge your EV while you're there. Have a good one, Cinemark. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.